morning, Hope. My name's Chris Wormskirsch. I'm one of the mission group leaders here at Hope. And I'm really excited to welcome you here this morning, whether you're here, you're online, you're in the future watching this on YouTube. It's really good to have you and to be able to interact with you. So our first proverb this morning is going to be in Proverbs 13. So if you have your Bible and want to start turning over there now, feel free. Um, but before that, I just want us to take a minute and think about something that we do very frequently every single day and may have spent almost zero time thinking about it. So when you think about something you do every day, you probably think, well, I drive every day, I go to the restroom every day, I sleep every day. But do you think about the fact that you speak every day? Do you think about the fact that you say constant words over the course of an entire day? And some of you are like, ah, I'd really prefer not to, and I'm in that same boat. I would love to not be able to not speak for a while. But how many of us have really thought, even this morning, about all of the words that we've spoken? So let's take a minute. So for, if you're a kid here, how many of you have said something to maybe your sibling or maybe your parent that was just kind of mean? Or if you're a parent, I already saw a hand this morning. Thank you. Um, that's awesome. Um, if you're a parent, how many of you have said something to your kid that was kind of mean? Or to your spouse? And you're thinking, no, that's not me. I've got it perfect. What about on the drive over? Did someone cutting you off maybe make you say something that you regret now? Right? We all, we all know all of these things that we've said. We have all know these things that we don't think about us thinking or us saying that just go so unreflected in our lives. And what I want us to hone in on this morning is that Proverbs actually has quite a bit to say about what we say. And when Proverbs talks about developing wisdom as a skill in our life, it hones in on speech as one of these really important skills. So as we grow in speech, as we grow in wisdom, we have to think about what we're saying. Proverbs invites us to think more deeply about what we're saying, how often we're saying it, and just to the core of us, what is the heart out of which we are speaking the things that we say? So we're going to spend some time this morning developing the skill of speaking. It's going to be a little bit like going to the gym to speak, and that's kind of a strange, right? This is kind of a different world for all of us. So I invite all of us in to kind of spend some time like thinking. There's going to be a lot of concepts that might be new to us, because there's a lot that were new to me. So hopefully as we go through this together, we learn to like kind of flex this muscle of wise speaking. But before that, I want us to like think about why is it so important that we think about what we're saying? Why is it so important that we think about all of the words that come out of our mouth? And I think primarily the reason that this is important is because the Bible reveals God primarily as a speaking God. From page one, right, even from verses one, one through three of Genesis, God speaks and from his speech comes creation, then through the rest of the first five books of the Bible, God speaks to his people. It's through his speech that he creates Israel. It's through his speech that he gives the law. It's through his speech that he gives commands to them. So I know we don't, we don't always read Leviticus with this in mind, but think about how many times it says, God said to Israel. The whole book is about God speaking. And I think we get really like dull to that. We get really numb to the fact that the Bible is God speaking to us. And through the rest of the book, we have God's word coming to prophets and enabling them to speak to Israel. Jesus himself, from the beginning of the Gospels, is called God's word incarnate. He is God's speech to us in human form. If you want to know what God is saying, we look to Jesus. 
And then even through the rest of the New Testament, it's more speech. Even the book of Revelation begins with Jesus speaking to the churches that the letters are going out to. So throughout the whole Bible, we see that God is a speaking God who has quite a bit to say and wants to speak it to us and wants us to hear and listen and respond to what he has to say. So that teaches us that part of our vocation as image bearers is being a speaking people. Like, we know that sometimes we have our dog and we don't want them to bark, but we teach them the command, speak. But they're not really speaking, they're just making noises. But as image bearers, we have this unique vocation to speak the word of God to one another, to speak love and to speak life to each other. So that's why we're spending so much time this morning thinking about our speech. We want to slow down, we want us to think, why is it so important that we're speaking? And why is it so important to God that he was revealed as a God who speaks to us? So if you're already kind of in Proverbs 13, that's where we're going to start. But before then, I just want to kind of give us a little caveat that we're going to be in the latter half of Proverbs, Proverbs 10 through 31. So if you're familiar with the book of Proverbs, you know that these are kind of like a bunch of like almost feels random Proverbs. There doesn't seem to be a lot of narrative cohesion all the time. So if I'm going through these and you can't keep up, they will be on the screen. So don't feel the need to... Right, go through all your Bible, finding all of them. If you just want to jot them down for later, you can certainly do that. They'll be on YouTube if you miss any. So prefer that you'd listen. If you can keep up, definitely feel free. But before, before any of that, let's pray this morning. <laughs> God, we're thankful for this chance to come together in person, that we can hear from you, and that we can learn how to more wisely speak. We pray, Spirit, that you would influence our hearts, that we would influence our minds, that we can go out from here as people who think more deeply about our speech, to think more deeply about the ways that we reflect you to one another, and that through this time together, we can change the way we speak, that we can be a light to more people. And we pray this all in the name of the risen Lord Jesus. Amen. So, if you're taking notes, main point this morning is simply, wise speech is developed by stopping, listening, and speaking life. So again, wise speech is developed by stopping, listening, and speaking life. And the aim for this morning is to help us consider how we speak and what we speak more carefully, developing the critical skill of speaking like God with wisdom. By reading these Proverbs, I want us to learn all the ways in which we can develop our speech to build up rather than tear down, to be wiser in what we say, and even wiser in how much we say, and more critically reflect God in our speech. So what we're going to look at today is three points. These are three kind of like exercises we can go through in the way that we speak, that as we kind of learn to flex these muscles, this gives us kind of a guide that every time we consider our speech, we have steps to, be more, to grow in wisdom in speech, to continually move forward. So the first, the first kind of exercise we're going to look at for growing in wise speech is the wisdom of shutting up. <laughs> right? So first proverb we're going to look at this morning is Proverbs 13.3. Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. Cheery. <laughs> so when I kind of mentioned this morning help, helping us to think through what we've said, how much we've said, and to whom we've said it, here's a fact that I felt I was like, Actually, when I saw this, I was a little shocked, and I was trying to count how this could be true. The average, pers the average person speaks about 16,000 words a day. That's so 
many words, right? And if you think about another way that we speak, there are, are 24,000 tweets sent a day worldwide. So it's not like speech that we have out loud, but I certainly have great opinions, and I need the internet to know every single one the second they pop into my head. So you know, we're very, we are very talkative people. We want people to hear what we have to say because we think it's great, and we are not going to hold back. But we go back to the proverb, whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lip comes to ruin. So kind of puts those 16,000 words into perspective, doesn't it, right? That sounds a lot like opening wide your lips, right? And here I am preaching this morning, probably almost at half of my allotted 16,000 words. So lucky me, right? <laughs> I'm going to blow past this average today. Um, so what we want to do right now is I think the first step in growing more wise in your speech sometimes looks as simple as doing it just looks like not speaking might be one of the ways that we grow most in wisdom. That can be one of the ways that we guard our mouths. So next time you kind of want to, like next time you have like this sharp retort, you think you've got a really funny tweet, maybe the most wise thing to do would just be, never mind, I don't need to say that one today. But we don't just want to like stop talking, right? We need to consider the reasons why our speech is important. And we need to consider why it's important to sometimes be mindful of how much we say. And we want to look at this kind of on both a horizontal and a vertical dimension. So our words have an impact on our relationship with God, and our words also have an impact on our relationships with one another. So if you want to flip back in Proverbs to verse 1019, we're going to first look at the way that our words impact our relationship with God. So Really, we learn that speaking too much causes sin from 1019. When words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. So when words are many, when words are an average of 16,000 a day, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. So just in general right here, what the proverb is trying to make us think about is the fact that just sometimes the more you speak, the more capable you are of sinning, and really for a lot of us, the more you speak, the more it's going to be inevitable that we start sinning, right? Because a lot of us may not have a lot of control over our thoughts, and we kind of don't have a lot of impulse control, so the first thing that comes to our head comes out of our mouth. I, I'm one of those people, right? Like, I had a great thought, I got to say it, and then I'll be like, that was probably better left in the drafts. Shouldn't have said that one out loud. But just think about it. Think about how many sins you can commit with your mouth on any given time, right? You can lie. It's so easy for us to lie, little white lies. It's so easy for us to, uh, yeah, I totally did that job. And then you run around and do it really quick. It's really easy for us to slander one another. It's really easy for us to, you know, when we're in mission group and we want to make ourselves look better, we can lie about how much we even read that week, right? There's so many things that we can do that we don't think about that invite us to just give us opportunities to sin with our mouths. So what it's saying here is whoever restrains his lips is prudent because the less you speak, sometimes the less you speak, just the less you sin. If you really want to grow in sanctification, sometimes the step in growing, and I hope all of us do, I hope all of us want to see the end of our sin at some point. That step is sometimes just being quiet. 
That step is just not giving as many words to sin as we could. It's what uh, Romans 6 says. We know we don't want to give our members as weapons of unrighteousness, but we kind of have this big giant weapon in the middle of our face that we're constantly handing over to sin. We're constantly giving it over to sin to say whatever comes to mind, to say whatever we want, to sin whichever ways we want with our words because we're not considering it. We're not just sometimes sitting and going, I don't need to say that today. And one thing that I, one verse that I think is really actually pressing here is found in Matthew 12. It's Matthew 12, 33 through 37. And I'm going to read this one. It's not up on the screen today. It says, either, this is Jesus speaking, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. So when we think about just the fact that out of a lot of words we can sin, Jesus really brings us back to the root of that problem, obviously pun intended. He brings us to the root of the problem when he talks about our fruit, the fruit of our words, is showing what's actually inside of us. So for a lot of us, when we have like all of these evil thoughts that we haven't, like road rage, right? When we have all this anger, when we have all these evil thoughts and all these like careless, callous thoughts towards other people, that's what's going to come out of our mouths. So sometimes in that sense, sanctification means just stopping those words from coming out. Don't give those words chance to come out and further embed yourself in that sin and in that anger. So what we want to do is be watching what is, what is the abundance of our heart? Are we, is our abundance of our heart evil and evil thoughts? Or is the abundance of our heart goodness and good thoughts and the gospel and scripture? But, um, because I think it's really, really scary in verse 36. I'll read it again. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word that they speak. I think this is a, like a really surprising word, isn't it? Careless. We can see every evil word they speak, every mean, every capricious word, but every careless word that we speak. And I think a lot of times we know some people who kind of talk just to talk. You know, they just like to hear. They don't like silence. So they just like to fill the, fill the sounds. And even sometimes us with our friends, we just kind of like speak, right? We do it. We don't reflect on what we're talking about. We don't reflect on what we're saying together. And that's kind of the th- that's the kind of thing that we're going to be judged for. It says every careless word. So again, when we're kind of closing our mouths, when we're sitting, when we're listening, that helps us. That prevents some of those careless words. It's just like a really easy, really practical step to n- remove some of those judgments for el- those elements of judgment. When we just stop, we don't say those careless words. We don't fill the sound. Just we don't fill the silence with sound just to fill the silence. But it's not just that, that we cause sin when we speak too much. There's also a horizontal. We cause relational problems. So for this one, we'll go to Proverbs 18, 6 and 7. So go back to the other direction. So it says, A fool's lips walk into a fight, and his mouth invites a beating. A fool's mouth is his ruin, and his lips are a snare to his soul. So I, lo- I love the way that this one is. There's a few uh, Proverbs that also kind of have the similar idea. If 
you're familiar with the Proverbs, you know there's a few that sound the same. But I love this one. Fool's lips walk into a fight. You got to get this idea that you're doing, you're kind of living your life doing what you want, and your lips are going in a completely different direction. And the completely different direction they're going is right in the middle of the pit. They're looking for you to get hit, right? So we got to, like, it almost has, like, this idea that they have kind of their, their mind of their own. Like, they can do, our lips can end up doing something that we're not expecting if we're not careful. And I love, I just love that his mouth invites a beating. You get this idea that you're just sitting there going, like, hit me. And you're like, no, please don't. What are you saying? <laughs> I, just, I just love the way that the Proverbs do this sometimes. It, they sometimes use humor like this to kind of get us to really consider. Because most of us, when we're speaking, we don't think we're talking that way, right? We're not inviting other people to hit us. We're not inviting trouble. But really, we probably are. So sometimes, right, when our lips are inviting a beating, the best thing we can do is just close them up. <laughs> but really, in a more serious level, too, we have to think about the ways that our, our words do hurt each other. I think two of the most common and we think most innocent ways that our words hurt each other are, the, it's the phrase, that's just joking, right? Or it's like when you say, like, no offense, you are the dumbest person I know. But I said no offense, so you can't be mad about that, right? We, like, find all of these ways to excuse ourselves, to say what we want to say. We excuse our, we find ways to be mean to each other. But we say, like, oh, well, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. I was just being, I was being sarcastic. I was just joking. All of these ways that we, like, hurt each other, but we, like, hide behind, like, imaginary intent. Like, we have to, we have to really consider the ways that our words are going to hurt each other. It's not just, like, they hurt our relationship with God. It's not that they just hurt our relationship with each other. But when we're not careful with the way we speak, we're going to find ourselves just in a lot of trouble in a lot of different aspects. At work, at home. I don't have a wife, but I imagine it's really easy to make your spouse mad some days, probably every day, if you're not watching what you're saying. So a lot of just relational unity, a lot of relational health with God or with each other starts with not speaking. Just starts with putting a hand over your mouth and sitting. So that's step one. Step one in growing in wise speech is actually just stopping. Step one in growing in wise speech is just putting your hand over your mouth and not saying anything. So that does lead us, though, into point two. The second step in growing in wise speaking is listening. And I know that's kind of weird. You don't think about listening as being part of speaking, which I think really speaks a lot to the way that we like think about conversations, right? How many of us, like, when we're having a conversation, we're not listening. We're just waiting for our turn to say that clever retort, right? I know a lot of people my age, and I'm thinking probably older, you know, you spend a lot of time in the shower thinking about an argument you could have, preparing in advance the words that you're going to say, the way that you're going to win this argument later. And that stops us from listening, right? So the first thing that we do is we stop talking. Second thing we do is learn to start listening. So we're going to go back to Proverbs 13 here. Proverbs 13, 13, and 14. Whoever despises the word brings destruction on himself, but he who reveres the commandment will be rewarded. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life, that one may turn away from the snares of death. So you notice it doesn't have a lot to say about speaking, but it has a lot to say about listening. And one of the primary ways through which we listen, right, is in most of our hands. Or you probably got 
an app on most of your phones, right? If we want to be listening, if we want to be listening to the commands, sometimes it means stop talking, take a beat, and start listening to the Bible. And we're not just saying that because it's like a really like Christian thing to say, but the Bible is designed for us to listen to, to grow in wisdom. So look at 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. So it says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So if we want to be growing in wisdom, we've got like the cheat code right here. Like if you grew up playing video games, you might know that the Game Genie, you plug in, you get unlimited lives on Super Mario. This is like life's life hack. You don't need to go on Instagram to find those crazy life hacks. There's one right here. You can get it from any bookstore, right? And so it's, it's specifically for this morning, what we'll say like growing in wisdom is reading the Proverbs, but the whole Bible, as Paul tells Timothy, is God-breathed. It's spirit-inspired for the sake of our growth. It's not designed just for information. It's not just designed for us to just have something to read every morning, because I know probably a lot of us aren't looking for just something to read in the morning, but it's designed to bring us to completion that we'd be equipped for every good work. But think about the way that you can't hear it if all you're doing is talking constantly. You're never stopping to listen, but you're always just speaking. It's never God's turn to speak because you've got so much good things to say, you think. Probably don't, but you think you do. So we learn from this beginning that the first thing we need to listen to is we listen to the Spirit. And we listen to the Spirit by means of the Bible, which is inspired by the Spirit to teach us and to grow us. But when we think back to the whole book of Proverbs, we learn that wisdom is primarily a Trinitarian enterprise. So we've looked at the way that through the, through the Bible, the Spirit teaches us in wisdom, but we also see that the Father and the Son both teach us in wisdom as well. So if you remember two weeks ago, when we looked at Proverbs 1, 1 through 7, it starts with the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. And it's delivered in verse 8, hear my son, your father's instruction. So it's this royal father teaching royal sons about wisdom. And I think we're sitting like, oh, well, my dad's not Solomon. But the whole teaching of the New Testament is that through adoption, God is our royal father. You know, all throughout the Psalms, he's called king. It, it even starts in Psalm 2. The Lord reigns over the entire earth. So we are now reframed into this discussion as we are the royal sons, as Revelation 1, 4 through 5 teaches. We are the royal sons learning from the father who's the king over the entire planet. So we receive the Proverbs as a gift from the royal father who speaks to us and teaches us. But think about the person that the, the royal father also calls us to listen to. So this is Proverbs 1.20. It says, Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the markets, she raises her voice. So the royal father is teaching us to listen to this wisdom. Wisdom who's calling out in the streets, calling out for us to listen. And in verse 8, or in chapter 8, it's a really, really, you just have to listen to it to hear who this is referring to, who is wisdom. So 8.27, when God established the heavens, I was there. When God drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit so the waters might not transgress his command, then I was beside him. So what the royal father is telling us to do in Proverbs 1, 1 and 8 is to listen to wisdom 
And Proverbs is very, almost like, very explicitly telling us wisdom is Jesus. We, li- we learn wisdom by listening to Jesus. All of this, all of the Proverbs, all of the Bible is telling us, listen to the word of Jesus who teaches us. If you want to grow in wisdom, look to Jesus. It's not that, so here it says, back in the verse we read, whoever despises the word brings destruction of himself, but he who reveres the commandment will be rewarded. It's not the obedience to the commands that saves us. It's not the obedience to the command that gets us through life. It helps. It definitely helps when we listen to the Proverbs. But more importantly, it's who gives these commands. It's that these commands come from the royal father who tells us to listen to wisdom, who is Jesus, through the inspiration of the spirit who teaches us. So what we, what we really just have to sit down and think is when we're quiet, when we're like, when our hands are over our mouth, I can't do that because of the mic, when our hands are over our mouth and we're listening, to whom are we listening? Because it's not just being quiet for quiet's sake, but we're being quiet in order to hear from God and to hear from him in the word. And we want to kind of remind you, the teaching of the wise is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. The point of learning wisdom isn't to just accumulate knowledge. I know a lot of us like to watch Jeopardy in the the afternoon. I know a lot of us just love like trivia. I can't wait for the day that trivia comes back so we can like flex our little trivial. And, like, what do I need to know about 18th century Belgium? I need it for trivia, right? But that's not the Bible. The Bible is making us, is for our formation, right? It's so that we can grow into the vocation of being image bearers, so that we can listen to God and speak the word of God to one another. So you're probably thinking, well, okay covered my mouth, and I started listening. But you told me we were going to talk about speaking today. So now, point three, we're finally getting back to speaking. So this is the wisdom of speaking life. So we've covered our mouths, we've started listening. Now we're finally able to start speaking again. So turn to Proverbs 15.7. It'll be on the screen as well. The lips of the wise spread knowledge, not so the heart of fools. So this is really just, if you... If you're like me and you're looking for a thesis, if you're looking for a thesis statement, if you're looking for um, like what's the point, this is the point of our speech. It's to spread knowledge, right? We don't want to just talk for the sake of talking. We don't want to we don't want to like stop talking and listen just so everything that we say has more weight. Like when you don't speak for a while and then you speak and you're like really funny because people have been waiting on you to speak. That's not the point. The point is that because we've listened, we can now spread knowledge. So there's two really good Proverbs. Just to, We wanted to just spend like just a minute on here, but I think there's so much that could be unpacked. So if you're like looking to study this into the week, these two verses would be really great ones to look at. So the first one is Proverbs 13, 14. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. So the other one, Proverbs 15, 4. A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. So I hope you've already kind of picked up on the turn away from the snares of death having been repeated this morning. But we want to focus on the front half, the tree of life and the spring of, and the fountain of life. Because when you think about the story of the Bible, right from the beginning in the Garden of Evil, you have the tree of life right in the center. And the hope of Adam and Eve was that they'd be able to partake of this tree of life and like live forever through it, right? And even at the end of Revelation, we're going to find more trees of life that we partake in. Jesus says, to the victor, I will give access to the tree of life. But we see here that our words have some of that same effect. Our words have the capacity of bringing life to one another. 
the Eden ideal of living in harmony with each other and with God, we can start to see some of that come now through the way that we speak to one another. We're never going to be perfect. We're never going to get back to that state of perfect harmony. But we can think about the ways that our words are life to one another. Our words help us to realize what it means to live in harmony like they did in Eden. And then the fountain of life, it's probably from a little more of an obscure point. If you've never read the back half of Ezekiel 41 through 48, where it gets into really technical detail about the temple, the one that Ezekiel sees in the future, the most important thing to take out of that is in the center of the temple is a fountain of life. And from this fountain of life, the whole earth is watered and grows in life. So the whole storyline of the temple where God dwells with man and teaches us, we can take part in that by the way that we speak to one another. Our words can teach each other the same way that we learn from the temple. So it's, it's, it's really cool if you spend time in this and just see the ways that we partake in like the restoration of the earth and restoration of this harmony. Because God first, through Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension, gave us the tools and the means by which we can do that. We can be a part of speaking life to one another. And it's, I think that's such a great motivation for considering the way that we speak. Because we know we're all hurting people. We're all lonely. We're all lost at times. We all have so many problems going on that to be able to be better for each other, to speak better and to speak more like positively and bring life to one another is such a cool thing that we have this ability to do. But I want to make a quick connection here is when we're talking about listening in Proverbs 13, 13 and 14, the teaching of the wise is the fountain of life. And then 13, 14, the teaching of the wise is the fountain of life, right? It's the same verse, but I'm making two points from it. We are only fountains of life when we listen to the fountains of life. So it's really important that we are first listening to God so that we can speak the life to one another, so that through our words we can, we can bring that harmony again. We can stop hurting each other as much as we had. We can stop saying just absolutely dumb things because we're considering it more. So I know a lot of us are thinking, well, that's great. How do I speak life to each other? So I've got three more Proverbs for us to look at. And like I said... I know this is a lot of Proverbs jumping around, so again, it's going to be on YouTube, so if you like missed one or you want to get back into one, it'll be available. But the first way that we speak life to each other is simply speak the gospel to each other. And I think that's something that I hope we've been trying to be really cognizant of, really like pressing. We need to speak, be speaking the gospel to one another. And Proverbs sees that as well. In Proverbs frames it in 18.10, it says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. So for Proverbs, the gospel is wisdom. Running to God is one of the wisest things that we can do. So anything else aside, if you want to grow in wisdom, the righteous man runs into it and is safe. You grow in wisdom by turning to God. You grow in wisdom by finding him as your strong tower. So we know that through Jesus, when he died for our sins, stayed in the grave for three days, rose again, and ascended into heaven, we have freedom from sin. And that's the ultimate revelation of God as the strong tower, that through Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension, we have wisdom just by turning to him. So if anything else, wisdom is turning to Jesus. And if that's all you remember this morning, that's fine. Great. Turn to Jesus, right? Let's say that six more times if that helps us speak in. But speaking life to one another is saying this to each other. When someone's struggling, remind them, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. It's 
really not that hard to speak the gospel to each other. It's written, I, I wrote it down. You can see it up there. We can all write it down. Like wisdom is saying things that have been written out for us. But it's just such a fundamental step that I think we take for granted way too often. But the other way that I think we um, can grow in speaking life to each other is to encourage each other. So this is 2717, and it's a very familiar one. The iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. So I don't know about any of you, but my brother and I used to like stay up really late watching infomercials. So it's like 10, 10, or it's like 10 p.m., the cartoons are done, and the infomercials start, and most, most people would be like, oh, that's fine, it's bedtime. We'd be like, oh, it's the Magic Bullet infomercial. This is great. And then after the Magic Bullet infomercial is those knives that never dull. Like some like magic keeps them sharp for their entirety, and you only have to pay like four easy payments of sixty nine ninety nine. It's great, right? We are not those magic infomercial knives. On our own, we are going to dull. On our own, we are not going to be able to. We're not going to keep ourselves sharp. So speaking life to each other is sharpening one another. It's spending time getting food together. It's spending time in Bible study together. It's joining a mission group, participating in the questions that they ask and participating in the conversation. It's, it's really actually, there are so many opportunities that we have to sharpen one another with our words. And there's so many contexts, I think, at Hope that are offered to us, like mission groups, like men and women's Bible study. So speaking life to one another is being someone who sharpens each other. But we are only as sharp as we are listening to, as much as we are listening to God. So we've got this kind of responsibility to be listening to God in order that we can sharpen one another. And really just even more simply, another way we speak life to each other is to admonish one, one another. So this is 9.9. Nine. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. So we can speak the gospel to each other, we can encourage each other, and we can admonish each other. So this really simply, if you want a good action step, action step is speak one of these proverbs to someone you think needs to hear it. So some of them can be really like, some can be really important. Like if you know someone in business who's been kind of cheating with his business, there's a proverb that says like unjust scales are an abomination before the Lord, right? We remind each other that God cares about equity in business. He cares about just the way that we're treating each other well. Sometimes if we see someone slacking, there's a proverb that says the lazy man dips a chip or puts a chip in dip and can't bring it back to his mouth, right? Sometimes we just have to remind each other that, wow, you're kind of like slacking off. Like that's a good way that we can give instruction to a wise man. And a wise person will hear that and say, you're right, my chip has been in the dip for a while. It's time to lift that up. And even, even some of the other more funny ones, like the sluggard says, there's a lion in the street or living in a house with a leaky faucet is living, better than living with a contentious wife. Like those are funny and we love to bring those up. But those are designed to teach us in wisdom, and those are designed for us to speak to one another, to remind each other that there's a better way of living, and there's a more God-focused way of living. So if you want to speak life to one another, just spend some time memorizing a proverb or two. Most of them are one sentence long, and some of them are like really creatively worded, so it's easier to remember. So really, just grow in wisdom by memorizing a proverb and saying it to someone else. Memorize a proverb and bring it into every situation that you can. Because I promise the way that these are so all over the place, it feels, you're going to find something that speaks to you. As long as you're reading with open ears given by the Spirit. So, remember, like, 
all of these ways we can speak the gospel, we can encourage and admonish, all for the sake of speaking life to one another. And I know, I know that for a lot of us, we haven't reflected on the ways that we've used our words. A lot of us don't even think about the fact that we speak. It's just something that we do. Like when a baby, when a baby starts saying their first words, our first thought isn't, oh, this is a theological crisis. We start thinking, oh, sweet, it's talking. But this is an invitation from Proverbs to say, we need to be thinking about the way that we're speaking. We need to be thinking about how we're speaking too. And we're not going to do it perfectly. So hopefully in having this time of like just kind of stopping of listening and then speaking of life, it gives us a cycle into which we can continue to practice. We can continue to lean into the cycle that when we find ourselves speaking unwisely, when we find ourselves speaking sinfully, when we're hurting other people with our words, this Proverbs gives us a cycle of stopping, of listening again, and of speaking again once we can speak life to one another. And really through that, we get our lives back. When we, control our, when we learn to control our tongues better, when we learn to listen to God, and when we learn to speak life, we're given our life back and live more truly human lives in community with each other and with God. So with that, we'll pray. So, Spirit, we just pray that as we consider our words, you would help us speak in step with you, remembering that we speak because you spoke to us first and that it's out of the abundance of your speech that we can speak. So we pray that all of us, myself included, can think about the ways that we speak. We can think about what we say and how we say it and to whom we say it. And instead, just learn to speak your gospel and learn to speak your truth and wisdom to each other more and more. We pray this all in the name of the risen Lord Jesus. Amen.